Hello everyone, welcome to the Out of Mana podcast where I'm joined with the real shysty and myself at JoshuaCast. You can catch us live every Friday on Twitch on either of our channels or you can catch us the following day on YouTube uh, with a video version of the podcast or you can catch us on Apple Podcast or Spotify for the audio version. We finally figured out the issue so all the episodes should be good from now on. Um, but other than that, if you want to follow us on social media for updates whenever we go live make sure you do that at the automatic podcast or our individual uh social media but if you guys enjoy this episode make sure you guys like comment and share your opinions on whatever we talk about this episode but that how you doing today sir uh overall uh, i'm doing pretty good a little tired fatigue uh been that way pretty much all day today i've already had like two energy drinks which is not good but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where i stand um other than that how about yourself sir um, so pretty much I am in the same boat as you, but my fatigue is more due to extreme allergies because I'm not sure if anybody else experiences allergies, but for some reason this week with the constant flux of hot and cold and everything blooming, it's just been a nightmare for people with allergies. Like I've been sneezing so much where my nose actually like it's peeling. It looks like a snake. You can't see it on camera, but it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, you shared with them I mean, right before we went live and i'm like oh that sucks because i know exactly what that feeling is and um surprisingly today i guess overall has been my best day like i have not had them as bad as you have but um for whatever reason like m- the majority of the week my left sinus system was jacked up like my left eye for the most part was not like really bad watery but just just enough to be irritable um but thankfully, the nose was more or less fine. It was mostly just the eye. Um, and it was, um, I guess, like, triggering my asthma a little bit. Uh, but I I didn't have a full-fledged asthma attack at all, thankfully. But uh, I did have to take my inhaler a couple few times this week, just out of, like, precautionary measures. I was like, mm, let me just take a hit. <laughs> so I have to ask, so I think I may have seasonal uh, um, asthma. Because usually I can't tell <clears throat> unless if I start getting active and then I could start feeling the, you know, it being hard to breathe because for some reason the congestion in my lungs just make it difficult. But is that mm-hmm. what you have or do you just automatically have shortness of breath right away? Unfortunately, I tend to have shortness of breath like almost right away. Okay. Um, but allergies in their own right seem to trigger asthma regardless regardless of activity right so to your point that that could be credible um for sure um i don't know if it'd be enough for your doctor to want to like give you an inhaler i wouldn't see why not well no but i i actually have been prescribed an inhaler but i I rarely use it because only only certain times it gets bad and like maybe like once a year um but it, it, it like i was moving a whole bunch of boxes the other day and when I was going up and down the stairs, like at least ten times, it was like, like breathing heavy, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm kind of, like the like every time I breathed in, it's like I kept on having to cough because like, every time I breathe, the congestion would come back up, and I'm like, mm. dude, the mucus is choking me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. I, I, it is, <laughs> but, but it, for some reason, like just the movement of the lung is like just make, pushes it up, and you just gotta cough it out. Yeah, no, but but um, I don't think I've ever had that issue, but um, but no, like what, for whatever reason, the allergies. Uh, definitely do induce uh, shortness of breath, which then can, if it gets really bad enough, um, give an asthma attack. But um, 
thankfully I haven't had a full-fledged attack, but um, the shortness of breath really has been um, hitting me recently. This light class, probably 10 days, so. I just think it's funny because I usually try not to take pills, but when it's allergies, I do. Since it's gotten so bad, I've been popping one of these every six hours. I think it's like Ooh, a 12-hour one, but for some reason, maybe because my allergies are so bad, it only lasts like four. But Yeah, I um, I chalk it up to like, if I take a pill and it's not working, I'm just SOL. Like, I just kind of give up. <laughs> Yeah. And just and just be like, well, if the medication is not going to work, I'm I'm so well, I'm screwed. <laughs> like, like I I really try not to double down or or take that more frequently than not. I think I have tried in the past, and I was like, nope, it's just it's just not going to work. Like the allergies, they want like I have to suffer. Yeah, it, it sucks when it flares up so bad. It's like if you don't catch it beforehand, it's like like you said, you just suffer, and it's it sucks so much that you know that there's. Nothing you can do, and the worst thing is that because of all the draining, the mucus, and the sneezing, you get this horrible headache that you're just like, all right, the only solution is I got to sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I was just going to say that. Like, it, like sometimes that that is the remedy. It's like, I'm so miserable. I'm just going to go put my head on the pillow and go to bed. <laughs> you are not wrong. I was just going to say that. It's so funny. Yeah, it's like, just like, oh, it's like you get so angry. It's like, the only solution is I had to put myself out and then let my body sleep through the whole process. Yeah. That's like the one element that it, you won't get disturbed if you actually knock out. Like, okay, allergies, they're not going to affect me now. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but, like, it, like I'm sure that you've had to do this times, too, where it's like, to that point, you go knock out when you go lay down. Like, uh, like if your eyes get so bad, like, you put, like, a wet or, or warm cloth um, on your eyes. Like, like that's what I generally do, and it uh, feels great. <laughs> and, and it's weird, too, because, like, I'm not I, – I usually – I'm very weird about – making sure my hands are clean because i don't know it's just what i do but mm-hmm. whenever I, my eyes feel like you know like they're just puffy or whatever they feel like something's in because of allergies and i put that washcloth on my uh, washcloth on my eye i notice that whenever i wake up there's always more like what they call it eye boogers just whatever i go mm-hmm. and i'm just like where did that come from oh mocos. <laughs> yeah but does, um, does that happen for you like it's just like there's like a clump right here and i'm you're just like my eyes aren't honest- that dirty no, I don't think I've ever. Honestly, I don't think I've ever had that issue either. Um, no, can't say I have. <laughs> then maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe it's my grease, skin, dirt, whatever that just somehow like rubbed off my eye because I've been doing this too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try. Like, I mean, I I'm guilty of it as well. But like, I've tried over the years to get better with like getting a um, even like um freaking tissue and and using it instead of my own fingers and hands like you said i try to be as clean as possible but when it comes to micro shit and your eyes i think it's best to try to use some sort of like uh tissue or something do you use i um let's call drops at all i do dude <laughs> they're right in front of me because i've been using them all week so i i need to ask can you well you wear glasses though right uh, every now and then okay because for some reason, anything when it comes to my eyes, I cannot do it. Like, I've tried to, like, you know, force my eye open, put the eye drops, and my eye always closes by itself, even though I'm trying to pry it open. And I'm like, why? I'm, it's not going to hurt me. And I know it's not going to hurt me, but my eyes just shut. I I have I have that issue, too, but, like, I, I guess I'm, how can I put it? The reason why you do that is because expectation, right? Like you said, it doesn't hurt, but but just that 
sensation of a drop hitting your eyeball is like weird. So it's like, so you're like doing, you're like, come on, <laughs> fucking drop, would you go already? And then to your point, like sometimes, then you blink and it hits your lid instead of your eyeball. And you gotta and do just, it all I'm, over again. No, I just, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, fuck it, let it run. <laughs> Some of it will get in there. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like not a pro at it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I use it. Um, more times than not, it actually does a good job, but same thing, much like the antihistamine. Uh, there's times where drops aren't going to be the solution either. So, um, yeah, yeah I, it just sucks. I just wish I was good at the eye drops. Like, I'm just perfect at blinking at the right time when it drops. My yeah. whole family can just, like, not even hold their eyes, boom, 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 and they're done. Like, eyes think, open everything. I just, I can't. The other, thing, the other thing I wonder, and, and as we're discussing this, because I've kind of wondered this, like, I'm always also like maybe more, um, I don't know if concern's the right word, but I'm putting more attention on squeezing it just enough to get like one drop versus like doing a, not like you're going to go, but like, you know, just like be less timid about it and just be like, okay, mm. let's squeeze a little bit harder just to immediately get that eye. You know what I'm saying? To get that yeah. drop out. Because I'm just like, like I'll take it and I'm like, I'm like slowly <laughs> squeezing it. And I think, I think that alone. Is, is just like causing an issue. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's what but, I need to do is just strong arm and just right Yeah, my me, me too. I was just like, you know what? Just like hurry up and fucking be done with it. Um, but yeah, no, I have, um, I have drops too. Um, you know, allergy problems, man. <laughs> but moving on um, from allergy problems, what have you been playing this week? I know I've seen you playing World of Warcraft, obviously. And I know yeah. you're going for, you're no longer doing mounts anymore. You're doing pets, right? You're like fifteen hundred pets or something. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'll still. I, I'm like, I guess I'm. I'm running out of mounts per se. So uh, now it's kind of like, okay, pets would be next in line. So I was at um before, like, well, pretty much this time last week, I guess you could say. Um, I was at like one thousand. I think it was one thousand four hundred and sixty unique pets. And throughout the weekend, I went pretty hard. I ended up um, getting 50 pets, unique pets. So I'm at like 1520 now or something, or 1521. So, um, yeah, I, I think I did a pretty damn good job. Um, but I was playing that, and um, per our pod last week, you know, we had so much Zelda talk. Um, at one point, I did put in Age of Calamity as well. And... Um, I didn't even realize I haven't played through all the um, what's it called DLC and uh, there's DLC in Age of Calamity. Yeah, there was like two, I guess, waves, and I guess I bought the season pass and totally forgot about it. So I I popped it in, and the next thing you know, it's like here's this, here's that, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and oh god, I, I mean, I know you started it. I was watching for a little bit, and. Uh, and, like, you see the map, right? And it's, like, my map has, like, shit, like, all over it. And I'm, like, I, I just don't know what to do now. <laughs> like, it's it's so crazy. So, for me, I, well, I'll, I'll talk more about Age of Glamour later. But for the map part, I, t- I definitely understand. Because some of it is kind of, like, 3D, where you, you can go underneath certain parts, and then you go above. And then, for some reason, the map zooms in, and it zooms back out. That's the part that sucks, because you can't unzoom it out where you're trying to find your objective. 
but oh i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the map where you like the world map where you select your next mission but you have I'm, to finding it there no, no 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 i'm saying like my map like i have so many things so many missions like it's like it's almost like flooded with missions like, uh-huh. that's how much shit I have on it versus when you first start, you know, it's pretty much open and you're, like, pinging new things, but mine has shit everywhere. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I, it's easy to tell what you really have to do versus not do. Like, I get that. Like, the oranges, the ones you haven't done at all, right? But I'm just, like, I've been so far removed, I'm like, well, we're, like, what's the next real objective or something like that? I don't know. But anyways, I was playing it uh, for a little bit, and uh i don't know if like what i don't know how many like objectives you've done yet or missions you've done but on average how long do you think it's taking you per mission so for if we're talking about the main missions like the main campaign stories originally it took me 30 minutes but because i understood the levels later on Mm -hmm. they're now Mm -hmm. taking me about 15 to 17 minutes okay that's still do you think that's still a little time consuming no okay like 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 i I did a new one myself and i think i didn't time it but i'm pretty sure it took me about a half hour as well or if not maybe a little bit longer and i sat there and i kind of remembered that i was like like not that i don't like it i'm just like man like it's kind of a little challenging to just burn through like like some of those levels take take a little time you know so one thing I i found out about playing zelda age of calamity is that you know, if you build your character some way, because you can actually fuse your weapons to get certain mm-hmm. stat abilities, mm-hmm. and I fuse certain weapons to make certain encounters much, much easier for me. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I have the Master Sword now, and mm-hmm. I have it where it's basically my attack speed's increased, my, um, if I uh, stay at full health, which you want to do with the Master Sword, because that's where you get the Wind Slash, I also do plus damage with that. Um, I also have some, like, regen ability, whatever... And because of that, and as long as I have apples, I can just slash through hundreds of people and not take a single hit and just run through them after that. And then also because my dodge ability is high, I and if I see my objectives further out, I just keep dashing through them and not get hit. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, like, I guess, pro tip, slash, you know, without spoilers, you may have already counted this, I don't know yet, but um, obviously everyone jacks up Link. I think I think everyone's done that. But you'll you'll reach points where you realize you, you should have spent more time with other characters. Well, so, no, they this game makes it super easy to auto-level everything because there's a guild thing where you can actually spend rupees to level them up, and because but, you're doing missions, you're getting weapons for those other characters as well, and you can infuse that to get the stat abilities for those certain characters. And if you're playing, you can actually see on the map when you're like doing the missions, if those other characters have certain objectives, they'll ping like yellow or whatever, and you just immediately mm-hmm. switch to them in your, your next objective. And I was just like, that's like the best thing ever that they actually go separately from you and go to where they're supposed to be. Yeah, but like even, but beyond that, like unless unless I'm just now admitting I suck at the game, which could be true. Like I, I'm broke. Like I, I, like I, I went to power level stuff and fuse and stuff. I'm broke. Like I, I don't have any money. I know you could go back in and farm money, but like I, I don't think. Uh, rupees is easy to come by in that game. Oh, dude, it is. So if you, like I said, if there's certain builds, like, so Link has a, like, uh, what's it called? Like the hammer, mallet, bat, whatever. You can actually use your infusion to get, like, plus material drops and all that stuff, and then you can use your cooking abilities to get extra drop rates. 
and there's certain missions in the um, Garuda area where it's like you gotta kill a whole bunch of moblins, and just because you have all that stat stuff that drops everything, you do that, it takes about two minutes, you go to a vendor, you can easily make 16,000 rupees within five minutes. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably have to look up those tactics. <laughs> But um, I mean, even if you play like, ca- uh, casually, you, you still get loads of materials that drop and you summon the vendor. Oh yeah, I know. But I, I just feel like, like, like right, like I, said, I played the other day. I was like, man, I didn't realize I was so damn broke. Um, because um, you know they introduced a new character and blah blah blah. And so like, I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, it was fun to pick it back up. Uh, you know, kind of easily remembered how how enjoyable it is. Right? It's just it's kind of like leisure, just hack and slash and. And, uh, yeah. So, I, I've i never played... This is the first time of me playing any Hyrule game. I didn't play the other one. My first time playing a Hyrule game. I just say, like, when you think of lore-wise Link, this is what I imagine. Him just going through hordes, demolishing everything in his path. And, dude, playing it is just a lot of fun. This might be my second favorite Zelda game of all time. Oh, damn. Now, don't you think now uh, how much more fun it would be playing with somebody else? Well, dude, it sucks that the fact that there is two players, it's just only local two players, but if there is, like, online, like, let's say I'm Link or you're Link, and then the other one's Impa or Pure or Pure or whatever the other people, dude, that'd be so cool. They they had the option, and they, they completely dropped the ball. They botched it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it would be a lot of fun to have even just two players. I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and I have, like, uh, there was a few times where, you know, a friend came over, like, hey, you want to throw down a miss for a little bit? And that's what I'm saying. Like it is fun, but it's a shame that uh, it didn't have online functionality. Dude, if if the next Hyrule Warriors, hopefully there is another one. If they add online, dude, the speed run <clears throat> just capabilities would be insane. If you had two people, you both go your separate ways. You get the objectives done. You just blitz everything in, in your path. Yeah, yeah, it would be quite fun once you start memorizing the the objectives. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put, you know still play a little bit more of that as well. And over, uh, shit, I was just I was just getting emails that you know next week I'll be getting my new Switch. <laughs> I was like, damn, it's time already! Like, oh my god. And um, I had a friend over the other day, uh, Wednesday, and uh, we 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 excuse me rewatched the the latest trailer and we we're just like nerding out over it again, <laughs> like like we did our own. Um, pause and stop and just like over analyzing everything like we're just we're just so fucking ready i'm just keeping myself pure so how how much game time do you have on this game oh that uh it's funny because uh i did notice that i want to say i was only in the 40s hours like 40 something 44 46 what level are you link i think he's 81 or something that's not too bad 80-something, yeah. And he's obviously the highest. Like, everybody else, I forgot what levels they were. I want to say everybody was at least half of that or higher. <laughs> it's just funny, because when, when we're talking about this game before I even played it, we were talking about how much of a grind it was, and in my mind, I kind of played it up as being like a real grind where you had to play every single character, level them up all individually, and then when I realized that you could auto-level them up with rupees, I was like, oh, yeah. that's not so bad. <laughs> Because I'm like, yeah, dude, no, you... 100 levels per character, you gotta play through all that. I'm like, dude, that's gonna suck so bad. And I'm like, oh, auto level. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they did have that. I mean, I I, re- I did remember that, but I, I 
I wasn't trivial to like you know the the tricks right like I I, I just was you just mentioned the word pure I was going in it as pure as possible um so like I kind of myself made it grindy where I was like oh I'm gonna take like like I said you you'll even though you can power level them in a sense like you know you're gonna have the missions where you could only use those so like even though it's a hack and slash the cool thing is, is a lot of them they play different right. So, like, their combos are different, and their playstyle is different. So, um, like, when you're going in, like, you're, like, me, at least personally, I was so custom as Link, and then you play someone else, it's like, oh, I got to kind of change up the tactic a little bit. So, it's funny. When you're talking about the tactic, all the tactics for me, I've usually been able to blitz through because I've had certain builds. The only ones I haven't been able to blitz through until I got the Master Sword was the uh, objectives where you have to kill so many enemies, but not take a single hit. And mm. I would play so scared, I'd be like all the way in the back, throwing bombs, waiting till my things get back, and then throw bombs again, and keep moving forward. I'm like, I'm not taking a hit, I'm not restarting this mission. I'll, I'll, I'll take ten minutes if I have to. This mission's yeah, going those, down. Yeah, those are fun. Because, um, like, to your point, like, you know, it's it's it's, it's a hack-and-slash game, but then they throw those type of obje- or missions at you, it's like, oh, shit. Like, I actually gotta be tactical about this now? Like, okay. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, it, it's cool. It is a fun game. Like, and, and like I said, I think they did a well, a good job with it. I've never played any Dinosaur Warrior game, but like, like even just the storytelling. Like I said, I think they did a really good job with the storytelling in that game. So, you you can ruin this room because I have questions. So, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you need to play Breath of the Wild before you play this because it seems like there's a lot of missing pieces uh, in Age of Calamity. Because like when you play through. Obviously, it's a prequel. This is before Calamity happens. You're trying to prevent it. But it seems like this is like an alt version of the history. Because as you're playing through, you realize that the Sheikah Slate and the Guardian are actually transporting people from Breath of the Wild timeline into the Age of Calamity timeline to help prevent this from happening. But really, all you're doing is just playing the events out as they originally were going to. And because of that, you're seeing future and past characters meet each other. Um, You're seeing... um, Whatchamacallit? Zelda and Link kind of going through their powers again, and I'm like, what? So if they had their powers in Age of Calamity, how do they lose it and then get it again? So that's why, I like, that's why it's like, you know, when you ask the question, is pretty. I'm like, yeah, but like, like when when I first played, the moment I first played it, and I was talking to my buddy that's also a huge Zelda fan, I was like. I was like, damn, this is probably gonna get received really bad because, like, it seems like they immediately retconned it. Like, the whole Breath of the Wild game is like, I'm like, I'm not against it, but like, it, it's it's just an interesting take. And, and and even now, like, it has me wondering, like, is it canon? Like, what what what's canon now? Like, I don't know if they ever, maybe I just, it's probably out there, I just haven't researched it, but like, you know, you, you go through Breath of the Wild, which you'll eventually do. And to your point, everything you said is what, what what's true, right? You're going through the events beforehand and, um, and and now that I'm playing the DLC, it's 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 even more intricate than what you've experienced. Um, and I don't even know if I want to share that with you yet, or if you or you said you don't you don't care. Yeah, because like so, I'm I'm 13 hours in the game, and I think mm-hmm. I had like four missions left before I actually beat the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that there's DLC, so I have to look into that to see how much it is. But mm-hmm. dude, it's just it's weird that you're watching Pura and I forgot what the other the scientist guy. Mm-hmm. They're doing research on the Sheikah Slate, which I thought that was weird that Zelda was kind of holding on to it, not Link, because in Breath of the Wild, Link does it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you know Pura is looking at this, she's looking at the Sheikah slate, and it's showing her all the events from the future. And that's why when they're doing research, she is like, and then they like got that. Oh, we could fix this. And then obviously the Yiga clan comes in, Calamity Ganon decides we're gonna play this. We know what's gonna happen too. So they, you know, the the bad guardian takes over, takes the Sheikah slate, and then it makes Calamity pop up early. Yeah. So so speaking of the bad guardian, so that's kind of like. I mean, somewhat part of the spoiler is like when the little robot comes through, goes back in time, you know, the bad one also goes, the malice comes with it and then takes it over from the past again. So you have the good one that time traveled from the end of the first original game, but at the same time, malice followed it. The malice takes over that timeline's little robot it it gets it gets a little wacky and it's like i'm like like i said i'm like i'm not really against it but like it's like mm, what's what am i supposed to believe here like what's what's true and and maybe it is all true and that's why um uh tears of the kingdom is gonna be like so like multiple timeline thing going on i don't know well we'll see i'll probably have to do some more research and 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 still i have to replay and uh refresh my memory a little bit here um, I have a feeling the whole concept for these two games is at the the just com- combination of timelines because obviously you know with the Zelda book com- came that came out they're talking about the four timelines and this one seems to play with that idea of you know Majora's Mask uh, Ocarina of Time even further by messing it up and I think Tears of the Kingdom is you resetting it to its natural order where instead both are going you know fighting each other at the same time he takes into one mainstream era, uh, or sorry. One main timeline, and that like I, I think that's why he's trying to fix the whole Hyrule area. Yeah, like it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um, what what story is going to be told. But I will say, you know, the, the, I like I said, I this was the first Switch game I ever owned. I only played through half of it, and I feel very weak in this game. Playing this version, I'm like, dude, what happened to his power to make him so weak? Because, <laughs> like, oh. dude, Hyrule... I'm mean, Obviously, it's it's the gameplay. That's all it is. Yeah. But, yeah. dude, when you're playing Hyrule Warriors, you feel like nothing can stop you. Calamity Ganon is just, like, a tool in your way. Like, it's just a little... I don't know, a little kid in your path. You're going to take it down. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it really is, like, a play style. And, and, and dare I even say this, but, like, Age of Calamity kind of... Dare I say, feels a little bit more realistic in that sense, where like you know, maybe Breath of the Wild should have had a lot more enemies. You know, um, I will say I that Hyrule Warriors makes you feel the actual threat of the calamity because when you see the hordes of these monsters coming at you, you see the malice as well. You're like, okay, this is a true apocalyptic battle for a kingdom, and you get that sense of urgency. While in Breath exactly. of the Wild, you don't really get that feeling. Yeah. But it, like, it, if you do like, you know, timeline it, like, it, it kind, of, it would make sense a little bit more for Breath of the Wild to not be like Age of Calamity because, once again, Age of Calamity is beforehand, so it's like, okay, like this shit's gonna go down. This shit, we're trying to prevent it. Versus like Breath of the Wild is like the calm before the storm again, per se. Um, and then Tears of Kingdom might be that storm again. I will say, though, the Divine Beast in the game, probably my favorite gameplay I've ever had in a while. The fact that you're just mowing down thousands of enemies in, like, the, uh, I, I forgot what their names are. They're all confusing. But you got yeah, the yeah. bird, the elephant, yeah. the yeah. whatever. I'm, it's just fun blasting them all down. 
Yeah, yeah, it's fun. But uh, <clears throat> dare I say they get difficult? I don't really think they get difficult, but like. I forgot which one it is too, to your point, but like one of them feels harder to handle. Oh, there was the um, the chameleon, right? One was a chameleon, and then what was the fourth one? Uh, oh, the the camel. Um, oh, the elephant. So, is it? There's an elephant. There's a bird. Elephant's the water the one. The gecko, right? and then the I forgot what the Zora one it's, was, but no, but... the Zora was the elephant. the The fire is the chameleon. The bird is uh, um. You know the wind, and then uh, I think the camel was Gerudo. Oh, Duroc, yeah. yeah. Is it, wait, is Gerudo the camel? I don't. What you're probably yeah, right. Yeah, I, I have so. to. Yeah. But yeah, it's, but, it's um, a lot of fun. Well, that's good. It's, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. But, but to your point, like character? like like that game and Breath of the Wild are like so opposite of each other in gameplay. It's like crazy. Uh, who, who's my favorite character? You said. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Good question. I don't know. I kind of really do like the little robot that they introduced. He's kind of cool because he kind of has a little personality itself. Which one, Guardian? Yeah, the Guardian, the miniature Guardian. You're basically talking about R two D two. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Dude. Um, I don't know because there's like there's like a wholesomeness to it, you know, like like its sole purpose is also kind of like trying to protect Zelda, you know. So um, maybe you can answer this question for me because. I guess I'm not familiar too much with all the characters, but there's a character called Yerbosa, and I believe the race called like the Garud or whatever. Yeah. Are they related? Not. Well, yeah. But are they related <laughs> to Ganon at all? Because they kind of look alike. So, they got the red hair, the body type that matches. So, yeah. So, Ganondorf is the only male to be born from Gerudo. Otherwise, they're all female. <laughs> so, um, so related i guess you could say that but like the whole lore thing is like there's a male born like only once every whatever ten thousand years so ganondorf was that male and he just happened to be the ultimate evil <laughs> yeah basically and i guess, i guess he doesn't like the Gerudo women i don't know why because they, they, they can all so how does their breed even exist then are they like dragons it's, where it's, they it's, can it's, pop it's, eggs randomly it, it's it's fantasy yeah <laughs> Like it, it's a good, make, it's a good question. makes it's you a good question. question. You're like, how do they keep producing? Like when you're in the <laughs> desert, you're like, there's thousands of them. I'm like something has got to happen. Like was it was Link populating the whole race? <laughs> well, well, I was about to say, I think, I think uh, that's the thing. They actually find um, partners that are uh, highly. In- okay. Yeah, it was just funny because, like, you know, your boss is one of my favorite, um, and then uh, the Zora. Yeah, yeah, dude, she's great. But then also, um, I was like, if I found a chick that cosplays as her, oh, I might have to just get on one knee. <laughs> but then also, I, I've always liked the Zora. I don't know what it is about their species. They're like, they're like fish creatures. But then, yeah, I don't know whatever. But Mifa yeah. and Sidian or Sidion, uh, Sidon, Sidon are just great. I love them. I don't know why I like the brother so much because he's kind of like an idiot, but he just wants to protect his family so much. Yeah, he yeah he kind of has like that jock like persona to him a little bit well he's yeah. got the build but he still is like yeah he, like he can't you compliment him he starts giggling especially when it comes to his sister and mm-hmm. he acts like a little kid yeah yeah um and then the, um what's it called the um, i'm, I'm brain farting the races myself but like the birds like they're a lot of them are more like cocky oh i don't um, like ravioli i think his ravioli. name is ravioli but yeah ravioli yeah 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 they're 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 
they're assholes. <laughs> but um, and then the Gorons, they're just like they're like nonchalant, like eh, you know, we're strong. I, I'm That's I'm convinced right. that Daruk is Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta kill Denon. <laughs> you can't tell yeah. me he doesn't sound like Macho Man. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. He does. But um, but yeah, no, they like uh, you know Zelda has really good um, you know fantasy races that they use. So yeah, so. I'm almost done with this. So if anybody's interested, I am doing the playthrough on my channel. I'm not sure if uh, Steve is going to be live streaming any of his. No, stuff. no, no, no. Won't be but much. coming up soon, we'll be Breath of the Wild, and I'll be going through that game and getting ready for Tears of the Kingdom myself. But uh, going back to World of Warcraft before I move on to my stuff, um, mm -hmm. dude, you have been grinding like crazy. What was it, Saturday or Sunday? You did like a 16-hour stream. I didn't even realize I did. <laughs> like I'm dead. I'm dead serious. Like. Uh, this pet stuff has been like time just flies. Um, I didn't intend to stream that long. It just happened. Yeah, because I think I, it was like I was like nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning. I seen that you were alive. I had your stream up. I was watching for a little bit, and then I had to do stuff. But I left your stream up, and I think I was live for like six hours. And I came back, and you were still streaming. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a long stream day. And then, you know, I still have to stream up, then I did some more things, and it's like 11 o'clock at night, you're still on. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess he's not sleeping today. <laughs> you know you know what's fucked up is is, is I, I could have probably really kept going. I, I wasn't even tired at the end of that, but I'm like, you know what, I, I think it's time. I better I better just, just go knock out. But uh, same thing with uh, this past Tuesday. I mean, it wasn't, you know, 15, 16-hour stream, but, like, I did... Um, Three hours of just pure um, um, power leveling of, of pets because they have something called uh, Super Squirt Today, um, where <laughs> where there's <laughs> I know it's, it's it's sounds very dirty um, where in your garrison there's a particular um, um, uh, fight that you would do that's really easy where you could actually carry a pet. So there's that aligned with also uh, an event that gives like 100% uh, just bonus XP for this week. Plus you could uh, put on an accessory. So anyway, long story short, it really just takes like two fights to take a pet from level one to max, which is 25. So I did that for three hours and those three hours like went by so fast. Like, I felt like I was only playing for like 45 minutes. It was just ridiculous. Um... But yeah, so I've been doing that, and um, other than that, I still haven't uh, started um, Resident Evil yet that I showed off last week, and um, and yeah, I, like I got the I got the Zelda itch too, of course. So I was playing a little bit more Age of Calamity. I probably still will play uh, more, um, and then like I said, tap into Breath of the Wild. But non-game related, if I may, kind of go a little backwards. I just got something else in the mail today that I might end up doing tonight. Uh, instead of gaming, and uh, I bought one of these for those for the benefit of those that don't have uh, video right now or won't watch this on video. Uh, I bought this uh, Lego set called The Great Wave, which is basically just the art painting of the Great Wave, but in Lego form. So I want to make this and hang it up on one of my walls. So is that just like a straight flat puzzle or, or a this, Lego thing, yeah. or is it like you know? Uh stack thing 
No, this one it's it, it's more flat than the Van Gogh one I have, but it, it's it's not totally flat. Like there's still some dimension to it, but but not that popping like the Van Gogh one I have, like the Starry Night one. I know I've said it before. Oh. I really wish that you actually had like a little like bowling table and like a camera set up and you like live streamed your Lego building. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, hell, um, you know, like, obviously you saw I did a 16-hour stream. I, I wonder how much time this would take. Because, like, let's see, the Bowser one, I mean, I didn't do it all in one sitting. I did, like, a little bit at a time. But, like, the good thing is, like, for those that haven't built something, um, I don't know, dare I say large, but, like, you know, they pack all the stuff in, in bags and then they number it. And there's usually, like, 20-plus bags. So, like, every bag tends to take anywhere from, like, 15 to 25 minutes, depending on the p- complexity of it. So they do take quite some time. That's yeah, sure. I, I feel like, well, I mean, I, there's obviously Lego building is very popular on YouTube and all that stuff, but it's also grown a little bit on Twitch, too. But mm. I, I feel like, I mean, you know, to kill time, you build it. You also have people that enjoy Lego building. You can, you know, converse with people that have different builds or, like, share pictures. I, it's just an idea I had because I think it would be cool to... Obviously, I want to see you build Legos, but I don't want to go to your house and watch you build Legos. <laughs> like, I'm a weirdo, but I'm not that much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I that's mean, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think about that in the past, too, but um, I just don't. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I could probably still. Because I have the table here, and I could set it up pretty much right where I'm sitting. You just won't get that overhead shot like it would just be the same shot and i don't know how you know people would enjoy that view because i think most per- most people would probably have a dual shot no i mean if they're really professional yeah but mm-hmm. if you're just doing casual building just for the fun of it that's what really matters for most people it's the talking mm-hmm. and the building and you know the enjoyment of the process that's usually I what think... people like legos for is the process of building it <laughs> yeah I think too, like, uh, like much like when I'm streaming anyway, right? When I'm wowing it up, um, you know, I I also like to engage with whomever uh, that joins the chat, and like I think from afar it would be really hard for me to see and to engage. Or if I'm wearing my glasses, I could probably see it though. You could have (laughs) it set up where you have it playing through your speakers, and the chat actually gets read out loud. Oh, that's fancy. But, um, so, before I move on from the whole World of Warcraft thing, um, so what's the, uh, goal for your pets that you're trying to do? Because obviously you said you're 15, 21, uh, or whatever. Yes. Um, so, is there any more you're trying to do, or you're kind of, like, maxed out right now? No, I'm not, I'm not maxed out. So, there actually is, um, an achievement goal to get 1,600 unique pets. 1,600? 1,600. So, um... Not that many people have it because it's so hard to get. Versus like mounts in the game, like okay, I have over nine hundred mounts, unique mounts, or account wide mounts. But the the highest achievement for mounts is only five hundred, which is like why. But for pets, it's all the way at sixteen hundred unique pets, and I think of all pets in the game, even the current ones that are no longer obtainable. I think the max amount in the game is something like sixteen, like fifty-two or something like that. So, like, you really have to have almost every fucking pet to get that achievement. Um, 
So, um, so yeah, that's kind of why now all of a sudden I'm kind of chasing it. Um, I, I I don't know how. I mean, it's all realistic, I guess, to some degree. But I, I guess like what I'm trying to get at is like there's I think a lot of pets that I'll probably would want to just pay for rather than grind because they're just so tedious. Uh, and I don't want to go broke. So I, I, so with those elements, I don't know if I'll actually achieve it now. Maybe later down the line when they add more pets, that makes it like gives it a more of a buffer. Then I'll probably get it. But it would be cool to get now before, you know, while it's cool, so to speak. So what do you feel is harder, getting pets or getting mounts? Um, I mean... Well, first off, I don't think hard's the word, <laughs> but um, I know I know I could say grind because I know you got yeah. the gladiator mounts, the mythic plus mounts, but I didn't want to count those. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but pets have that too, though. So that's the thing, right? Like, like, not like um um not not in the sense where you need to get rating, but like like for example, uh, there's a pet that you have to be honor level four hundred, and I'm only two something, uh. So it's like, like there's one that's really just an honor grind, a huge grind. Um, and then there's a lot that are achievement-based, too. Um, and then they have pet battling, which is pet PvP, which I'm not over the moon of doing. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, like, pet battling is, and collecting is really a, a game within that game. That's Pokemon that, and... World of Warcraft. <laughs> it is. It is. And I think, like, um, I mean, other sh- streamers have gotten their popularity just on that WoW Well, it's kind of funny that you say that because, you know, when you did the uh, the WoW race, whatever it was called, yeah. um, there's a, a streamer called Hazelnut Gaming, and exactly. I followed her because of that, but she mm-hmm. actually gained her, gained her popularity for pet battles. Apparently, yeah, she exactly. has all the pets that ever came out. She has them all maxed out and all that stuff. And I didn't even know that about her. I thought she was just Mythic Plus. She has a great personality and she's entertaining. But no, she is actually known for pet battling. Yep, that's how she got her claim to fame is pet battling. So like, um, and, and there's a, a, a website simply called Warcraft Pets that I don't think it's ran by her. I think it's ran by somebody else. Unless she does have a hand in it. I don't know. Maybe that's something I don't know. But um, that whole website is just a database strictly for Warcraft mm-hmm. Pets. Um, yeah, pets are a thing. Um, I used to be into it more. Um, You're like, I don't play Pokemon enough. I can't be in the World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of what it was. I was like, I really like Pokemon, and I don't want to play Pokemon in World of Warcraft. But like, you know, I guess here we are. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 very popular. Um, it, it definitely has. I I think. I don't know if it's a safe bet, but I'm pretty sure pet stuff is more popular than mount stuff. I would say so only for the Pokemon aspect of it. Yeah. I, I know that sounds just like a silly thing for World of Warcraft, but a lot of people like Pokemon. It's in World of Warcraft, and people like World of Warcraft. That's the only reason why it's more popular than the other stuff. In yeah, my opinion, that's say. why. No, yeah, it's that's all true and makes sense, and and you can't fight mounts. So I mean, but now <laughs> they got, but 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 now they got you know dragon riding, right? So like, and and dragon racing. So like, if they do find a way to turn all the mounts to accommodate that, maybe mounts will pick up again. I don't know. I will. I know you don't like them, but Asmongold kind of gave mounts, or sorry, gave 
mount collecting more of a boost because he would do like the mount show off or mount off whatever it's yeah, called the mount off. Mm-hmm. and uh I, I know you don't like him but you gotta admit because of him and him doing that showcase a lot more people got into mount farming or mount grinding because of that oh for sure i i just i did it before he he you did it before it's cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean another thing i mean he's really um what what i've watched him do that's just mind-boggling it is the trans monk competitions like like oh, dude some of those are great like his fucking knowledge is just ridiculous well like, not just it, his knowledge but like the people that he's able to get to showcase also has extensive knowledge where they can make certain gear pieces they usually don't go good, uh, well together but they have like the uh, color scheme for it it looks fantastic like i've seen some guy like mix um what was it called? Cataclysm, Mr. Pandaria, uh, uh, Warlords, and Shadowlands together, and it looked beautiful. And I'm like, what? They don't like the aesthetic of it doesn't even match, but somehow the colors bring it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he like started doing. I don't know if he always did it originally because like I it's not like I follow the guy to know um, how he like introduced things, but like then he'll after he'll do the transmog, he'll. Uh, make them mount up to see then how much how cool it matches whatever mount they choose so it is cool i mean it is kind of entertaining content so b- before we move on i know that uh what so what's your next goal i seen that you're pretty much exalted with every single faction except for the ones that you had a split choice that uh are you gonna go for anything else or was it just some mounts and pets that you're gonna do i mean i think the next thing would be toys um although i've never Never really put effort into it. I think the only time I put effort into it was back maybe in Mist of Pandaria, which is a long time ago. Um, but since then, I, I just I just acquired them as I, I play. And ironically enough, I have a lot of them just based on that. So I think next in line would probably be that. I, I don't think I ever, ever see myself going down the transmog rabbit hole. It just, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't get my nipples hard um but that's the one thing that gets me as a trans I'm like i got you got in order to play good you gotta look good <laughs> <laughs> well i mean I, i'm fine with my tier sets collecting my tier sets other than that like i i could give a flying you know what um been, you've been rocking that same trans since 1922 i know because <laughs> I, 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 I earned that shit <laughs> and, and you can't get it no more um well you can't get it so when what was that? Is that Cataclysm or is that? Burning that was Crusade? no, that was Miss. That was Miss. It was it was uh called Challenge Mode, and it was in some capacity you could say it was like Mythic Plus before Mythic Plus. Oh, was that uh, that uh when you go into like that battleground thing and it's you yourself and you're fighting the waves? No, no, no that's something different. This is uh this was still dungeons, but all it was was like a time trial. You just had to clear the dungeon in a certain amount of time. Like there was no affixes like Mythic Pluses these days or health increase. There was none of that. It was just you go in, it's mythic, and they had bronze, silver, gold, and you had to get gold. You had to clear every uh, dungeon in a certain time. For some reason, I don't remember that, but I do know I have pretty much most of the set pieces you have for your warlock on my priest. It's probably a different color, and it's not the exact same. Um, how can I put it? Exact same pieces. They're pretty darn like close. It, they look, it, I mean, it's fell, and I definitely remember that I got that because, you know, before I stopped playing, that when I was really hardcore, I had a group that was always doing, like, Siege of Ogremore, Mythic, 
was it mythic? It's either that or heroic, whatever the max was at the time. And I know we did um, whatever the max dungeon was, but I think I got those pieces. I'll yeah, I know. What you, I know. I, I know what you said. You're talking about because that was uh, that was a recolored set of. I want to say it was tier uh, uh, six. I think it was tier six. Now I'm sounding like Asmund Gold. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's pretty cool. Um, I I can't wait to see because I I know that you're a uh, an achievement. How do you say? Or. Or. I guess you know you're trying to go for max. Obviously, there's certain things you can't get anymore because you know just time block, which is it's, it's stupid that they give you that FOMO. But I guess it makes sense if you're a true collector, you gotta play through it all the way. Um, but it's it's but, it's cool how far you've become. I'm pretty sure you're like probably top 0.1 percent of the world already because there's not many people that have as many achievements as you do. Uh, no, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but uh Dude, i seen your achievement I, score I, I, just, I looked at the database from wildhead there's not that many people that have that achievement score that's high yeah and then the encompassing of everything like i, I think i you know i i don't look at the grand scheme of things but um i'm sure yeah i'm up there but uh to actually answer your question I, it just dawned on me um beyond mountain pets I, i'm gonna just honor grind honor grind honor grind honor grind so just straight up pvp all day or day <laughs> are you still working on because i know we talked about this a while ago maybe like episode like 12 or something like that that you were going to focus on making community groups strictly for yeah. PvP so you can yeah so that. i i did make one and uh, i didn't really like heavily try to solicitate it um but i actually bumped into one that i think is pretty decently active and uh, i just haven't uh um spent time to roll with them but every day they're making pre-mades, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I don't have to make my own community. Because yeah, uh, I was like, I was... established. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, I was uh, I was in a random group that went really well, and I'm like, it just got to be a pre-made. <laughs> and so I just, I just, uh, I just asked my, hey, is, uh, is there a pre-made? Like, can I get an invite? And I was expecting a party invite or something. Like, maybe it was a group of four, and I could have been the fifth or something. And uh, they linked me the community. I'm like, oh, okay, even better. But then I wasn't too sure how active it was. But since I've been in it, uh, there's like groups every day, which is pretty badass. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So going on to my stuff, because I I want to go through your stuff first, because I know I'm going to probably talk about this for a little bit. So I know the last few episodes I've been talking about how some reason I'm just beginning to switch stuff. I don't know why I've been getting to switch stuff. It's just maybe the collecting purpose of it. Um, and for some reason, I guess switch stuff is going, the prices for some reason are starting to drop. Even like it's temporary and they go back up again. But I found so many great deals of games. Like I got Hyrule Warrior very cheap. I got a bunch of Mario games very cheap. Um, recently, I also picked up these three Pokemon games. Pokemon Legends of Arceus. I finally got it now. It's in my collection. Pokemon Scarlet now. I have both Violet and Scarlet. And... Pokemon Mystery Dungeons. Mm. So, obviously, I will be going, you know, like, after Zelda, I'll probably start, you know, Arceus again, beat this, um, then maybe do, like, another playthrough of Scarlet, just because, you know, it's the the primal version. But one thing I was really looking forward to is I haven't played a Mystery Dungeon game in a long time. I've never played any of them, so I was actually going to ask you, like, how enjoyable... Is it well? I guess first question I was going to ask you: Have you played it? But you already answered that. So my follow up is like, now how how enjoyable is it? 
So the I can't remember if it was Game Boy or if it was DS. It was like Mystery Dungeon Blue or Red or whatever. Those are the ones I played. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess they're kind of like RPG Zelda games in a way, where you have like companions, you go through, you go through dungeons, fight monsters, level up, and all that stuff. It's kind of like an RPG, pretty much, just with Pokemon. Um, okay. So the ones I played before were really fun. I haven't played them in a long time, so I'm hoping it's kind of like the same concept where you go through, you know, the world, leveling mm-hmm. with your companion, you know, doing mm-hmm. like, uh, like I said, role playing. You're talking to other Pokemon, getting a story, fighting mm-hmm. legendary Pokemon as like Pikachu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has me interested because I think before they used to, you know, do like the other games where they had like two versions, like red, blue, dark, white, whatever. But it seems like this is the only version of Mystery Dungeon they have for the Switch, which is DX. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to playing this because uh, I mean, looking at the back, it looks like it's the same concept, and I I don't know what it is about these like I, I guess you want to call it secondary Pokemon games like you know yeah. Mystery Dungeon, and then there's also a game on the DS called uh, Pokemon Rangers. I'm not sure if you played that, where it's like yeah. you had a stylus and you would like have to draw circles around Pokemon, and the harder they were to catch, you had to draw more circles, and they would constantly move. And if you lost your circle on them while um, you know, while they're moving, they break free and all that stuff. I kind of hope that they also bring Pokemon Rangers to the Switch, but I think the last time they made it was just the DS and 3DS, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I tend to stay away from Pokemon games that just don't have connectivity where you get to keep Pokemon. <laughs> so I, if if there if that concept didn't have it, then I never touched it. The only ones I did were or well. The only one I did was Snap and uh, KU Pikachu. <laughs> so you might actually enjoy this game. You like Octopath Travelers. You like other games of that sort. This mm-hmm. pretty much plays the exact same way, but just with Pokemon. You got mm-hmm. your companion. You got your team. You unlock other character. You unlock other Pokemon that basically adds to your party. You all have different mm-hmm. abilities you go through. And obviously, I think it's like a four-player comp, but you can switch them in and out. There's obviously mm-hmm. one main character. Yeah, but the other three you can switch out and out to you know make whatever comp you want. Um, it's, it's just fun, and plus you got items like you know the berries actually make you know HP, mana, whatever, attack power, whatever. So it actually plays a uh, a factor. And dude, I'm I'm I don't know why, but I'm just like so excited to play this soon. <laughs> cool, cool. But dude, it's just it's weird. Like I I know I I talk trash about Nintendo Switch <laughs> that you know the system is garbage, but. <laughs> <clears throat> well, no, I, I still stand by my claim that the Switch is outdated. <laughs> but, dude, the games right now, just because right now I'm just finding great deals on them and the collecting purpose, I, I, I can't wait to collect them all. Like, you know, Pokemon Snap is also one of the ones I want to play because I haven't played Pokemon Snap since the Nintendo 64. Did they, did they make a physical co- uh, version of Snap? Yes. Or was it only digital? Okay, okay. Dude, sure. go to GameStop. Well, unfortunately, they're not on sale. Like, even pre-owned is like still like sixty dollars. Wow. But That's they crazy. they do have a physical one, which I do want to play because I know it's stupid. You're taking a picture of Pokemon, but it, it it's fun. It's relaxing. It's cute, and I don't know why it's enjoyable. But uh, dude, it's yeah. I also have Mario games. I'm pretty. I think what was it? An ep- last episode, two episodes ago, I showed off Luigi's Mansion, Super Mario 3D World, and. Uh, New Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just there's so many Nintendo games I want to play. Yeah, it's uh, I'll probably... Um, well, obviously, you know, Zelda's coming out in a couple weeks. But, like, I think... Um, I think I still may have 
I, I might not even get the opportunity of of, of uh, replaying the Zelda games. If I do, it's probably gonna be like one day each game or something. But because uh, I, I think I'm gonna have some games on the horizon myself in in, in the weeks to come outside of Zelda. So, Wait, what do you mean? Oh well, we'll save it for future podcasts. We'll call it a tease. <laughs> but um, but when, yeah, no. When you say you're replaying Zelda, are you talking about like just Hyrule Warrior and um? Breath of Wild, you talking about like other Zelda games like Skyward no, Sword, no. Link to the Past, and all that no, stuff. No, no, I was talking about just non Zelda games, just games in general. I have. Oh, I thought you said you're gonna replay the Zelda games like one day or whatever. Well, well, no, like, yeah, no, no, I'm gonna pop in both games at least one day each just to play. Like, well, Age of Climbing and more to kind of complete, I guess, and finish whatever uh, loose ends I, I haven't done. But Breath of the Wild. I'll probably play the day before just so I could get, like I said, reacclimated to the handling and the play style again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's probably going to be my play. Like, that Thursday, just to get in the mood and get controlling right, I'll probably play Breath of the Wild all day. Just just get lost in, in the world. And then, uh, and then you know, I better do it um, when I go back to work Monday, put that Friday off because... Yeah, buddy. It, so, so this is kind of weird. Uh, now that I noticed this, I realized that my favorite Nintendo games are usually their secondary games. Like my favorite Pokemon games are either Shadow or sorry, Pokemon Coliseum, Gale of Darkness, or it's like you know Mystery Dungeon or Ranger. And the same thing with Zelda. I'm not sure if you want to count Age of Calamity as like a main stream or main title Zelda game, but like I prefer that. And then also. Uh, Triforce War or Triforce Warriors over the other ones. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think depending on how you ask, I don't think a lot of people would, um, sit, yeah, put Age of Calamity there. But in this case, like, you really don't have a choice to because I, I'm, like, when I was talking and asking about the whole canon thing, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. So it's like, I mean, they pretty much say it is. At this like, point. even if it's not your cup of tea, and it's not a traditional Zelda game, like. You're, you're kind of, if you are a fan and you claim to be a fan, you're kind of forced to play. But it's not a bad game. Like, it's just, it's just not, it's not how Zelda, any Zelda game is played. Yeah. Um, but but it's, it's not a bad game. It's, it's like, fun. But like, even going on to, like, you know, like, non-main uh, Nintendo games, like, Luigi's Mansion is still my favorite Mario game. <laughs> well, his last name's Mario, so it's not like, it is a Mario game. I know, but I'm talking about, like, you know how, like, they have, like, the main line and they have, like, the sub line yeah, yeah. and stuff. For some reason, their secondary games that aren't considered like their main headlines have always been more enjoyable for me for some reason. I I don't know what it is about them. They just maybe because I'm so used to the main ones being so. I mean, I I don't want to use the word copy and paste, but you mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into. Yeah. <clears throat> While these other ones kind of mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And then same thing with like, you know, um, one thing I have on the horizon, which I'm kind of looking for a a cheap version is. I really want to get into Fire Emblem again, like mm. the three houses and all that stuff, because you know the all you know the different stories for each game, and then um, kind of go back and collect for the Wii and the Wii U because apparently, well, all right, I'm gonna say I have a modded version of the Wii that can play the GameCube. Well, the game the Wii can play the GameCube, but it also can play Wii U games at the same time if you emulate it. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of trying to go through that because I for some reason. I'm also fixated on playing all the Fire Emblem games again, like Fire Emblem Radiant, and uh, there was another one that was on the Wii that was pretty good. 
I, I just want to get those games again. <laughs> what's the what's the average? Because I've never touched a Fire Emblem game. Um, what's like the average play time for those type of games? So I think it really depends on the games. I think the newer ones are a lot longer, around like thirty hours. But mm. I think the older ones, maybe twenty ish. Mm. That's not bad. But it also depends on the person playing. Like me, I like to go through the dialogue. So sometimes it'll, a twenty hour game could take forty hours because I actually read the whole thing. And yeah. if I don't care, it could probably be fifteen. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I've never, I've never um, gravitated to the to that franchise. Which uh, I don't know if you tell me this or my buddy Rob, but that they were shocked because you know I liked uh, Final Fantasy Tactics a lot, and and then I tried to play you know Triangle Strategy, um, and that's how Fire Emblem kind of plays, right? It's like it's like a tactical game, so. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess, didn't didn't do it for me. I am dying out here. So sorry for people that are seeing the video format and me just like coughing and sneezing and all that stuff. I'm muting my mic so you guys don't hear the sound, but dude, I yeah. am struggling out here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel better, you don't sound bad. Like, like there, there, like there's, there was other podcasts where you sounded bad. But at least like right now, I know you're probably still congested. I think I probably sound worse than you today. Well, you don't hear me, but I'm constantly muting my mic and like clearing my throat, so my uh, voice does. Some, yeah, yeah. I sound like a ninety-year-old man, like like I'm like if I don't do that, my voice will cut out. That's funny. But um, uh, I, is there anything? I'm so bad. Oh no! The I guess the last thing before uh, we we move on. I I was close to uh, performing an impulse buy. Um, cause someone had linked that, uh, I guess Amazon, I think it was Amazon, um, was reselling the, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga like edition or something. And I was like, hmm, nah, I better not do it. <laughs> it was like, it was like, like, it was like, like nine, yeah, no, it was like 90 bucks. And See, I'm like, I hate to say it. Never buy any games from Amazon. Especially well, I never if, have. I if, never have. But. If it comes from like you know an actual distributor, sure. But but, but I check the buyers because oftentimes the third yeah. party options are yeah. more inflated than any other store you'll ever find. Correct. Well, I think this was the because I was reading the comments. I think this was the rare case that because I, I think it was the, it was only originally sold through like whether it was I am or uh, yeah what I eight bit or whatever or or. Uh, What's the other site called? I always forget them. But, um, well, limited run. I think it originally went through them. And I think what ended up happening is someone or Amazon themselves must have bought too many. I, and now and now, now they're trying to, like, you know, liquidate them. I think, I don't know if it was limited run. I think they actually hired an actual um, publishing studio to actually produce the games. Because I know that they were... And GameStop, Walmart, Target, and all that stuff for mm. a very limited time. Like the store Maybe. that I go to back in the game, they mm. also had the Kyle Bone collection. They actually still do, and it's sixty dollars. Mm. And I, I know we talked about this before, and I, I I'm still down to do it, but I really want to get Shredder's Revenge. And I want to get the Kyle Bone collection, and I'd love to play it co-op with somebody because I think yeah. those four-player co-op games. I believe so. Yeah. And I know I think the Kalabunga collection has some online issues, but still playable. But I know Shutter's Revenge. I heard pretty good reviews about it. Cool, cool. Yeah, because I remember we did talk about it that one time, 
and uh, contemplating on doing a, a digital download for that. But um, oh, I'm doing physical, no digital. Yeah, I mean, if it, I mean, it's turtles. Like, how can you not? But, but anyways, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there before we move on. Like, that's pretty cool. I, Actually, I, I almost had impulse buy. Now that you mentioned that, there, I think there's something I linked you on Twitter, and it was about Pokemon. So there is, I don't know if it's like a fan made thing or if oh, it's, like a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about Pokemon in like a 2.5D HD, whatever. That and shit looked fucking badass. And as much as it looked cool, I'm like, I still like the 3D version better. Like the no. DS one better. Well, okay. I, I, I will agree with you. I will agree with you there. Like I always said that. Like I believe it was like, uh, what was that? Sun and Moon series? X and Y looked the best for me. Where I was like, like for me, that was like the epitome of how Pokemon should look. Like, it, it wasn't like bad cartoony. It was just like the right amount of cartoony. Like, like I don't know. I, I thought that, that for me was like the pinnacle. Right, um, right now, since we're talking about, look up a picture of X and Y and then Sun and Moon. And tell me which style you prefer better. I still think X and Y looks the best. I'll do it, just not now. <laughs> but um, but no, but when when I saw that, I was like, um, it looked it looked awesome. It looked great. I I wonder how the fighting would look, right? Because that yeah, that's cause where it would be would... the classic TD sprite. <laughs> yeah, that's where I think it may suffer, but. If you like did like a spiral effect and come out and then it looked like whatever X and Y and Sun and Moon, I don't know how that would translate either. But but um, yeah. Either way, just that style though, it did look nice. Yeah, I shared that. I was like, I, I'm like, I I personally thought it looked cool, but I don't want to play it. But I was like, I got to share it with you. I just I knew it, it would kind of uh, captivate you for a second. Oh yeah, no, it, it looked it looked great. <laughs> All right, so we could probably move on to our first topic. Unfortunately, there's only one. It is uh, the Indie World News, because is this Nintendo's first Indie World, or have they had others? Yep. Nope, this is their first, where it's a, uh, I guess it's going to be a Direct. That's a long-form Direct that's just Indie? Like, I don't know. I, I, I saw it. I didn't really fully read into it, but... Oh, you uh, didn't watch it at all? No, oh, I don't think it's out yet. It is out. It, it came out oh, it the 19th, out. so it came out two days ago. Oh, shit. Um, well, I actually did watch it. Uh, there was a lot of games. I think there was like over like 15 games that they announced, um, which also kind of correlates to a topic I was going to bring up, but I, mm-hmm. I'm i still going to let it cook for a little bit more before I say it. But, uh, okay. you know, watching the Indie World Showcase, the Direct, um, it seems like you know Nintendo's starting to actually bring more spotlight to these developers, which I think is good because some of them actually kind of fit um, Nintendo's brand. Like there was one called uh, Miniku's Night Market that kind of mm. looked like it was like a Nintendo game. Obviously, it's not by Nintendo, but if it, mm-hmm. it fit like that whole brand style. Um, there's a couple other ones that were interesting, like played up. I've seen you know a lot of people play it on Steam. I guess it's coming to Switch now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also kind of like a what I consider like a Pikmin, like a relaxing game. It's called mm-hmm. Quilts and Cats of Calico. It's like <laughs> you have cats coming across the screen, but you're also putting them quilts. And it's kind of like Tetris, or not, sorry, not Tetris, but like Splatoon, where the more quilts you have down, you can win. 
and mm-hmm. you're versing like a two other two to four of the players, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of funny. And I don't know how how long it's gonna last, but it looks like mm-hmm. one of those games where you can just play for like 15, 30 minutes, get like a casual enjoy, and then move on. Um, but one of the big announcements, well, I, I guess there's a couple big ones. Um, they have Escape Academy, the complete edition, which a lot of people like Escape. Uh, I never got into that. They also have Five Nights at Freddy's, Security Breach. A lot of people love Five, five Nights at Reddy, uh, Freddy's. But the second one, the, the one that I thought was pretty big, um, was Oxenfree. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably heard the name Oxenfree before. It was a game that blew up, I think it was like 2017 or maybe earlier. Um, it was known for having a phenomenal soundtrack. Um mm kind of is like an atmospheric game a little bit. Um, but Oxenfree has been announced for the Switch, and apparently it's coming to all consoles except for Xbox. Mm. And which is funny because that means it's also coming to Netflix too. <laughs> but I, I think Netflix actually bought their studio, so I think that's the reason why. But uh, mm. I thought that's funny. It's coming to every single system except for Xbox. Like Netflix got it. And I'm like, that's just hilarious. Um, and then there's also another game called Blasphemous 2, which I've heard about. People are even talking about how good it is. I think it's like a 2D. I don't know if it's like a hack and slash or if it's like kind of like a, how do you say it? <clears throat> I think it's like you, you go around and you, it's like you use cards and then these cards do attacks, but then you can also first like multiple enemies. Um, but I've heard good things about it. But Blasphemous Two is coming out to Switch as well. And from what I've seen from the comments, is that a lot of people are pretty excited about what's coming out. Like some same thing with Rift uh, the Necro Dancer. Um, Crypto the Necro Dancer was pretty big. It's a rhythm based game, and it seems is that like... the one they they, they did a combo with uh, Zelda, right? They've that... done they've done a bunch of combo. Pa- so basically, the game is just a rhythm game where you're going through multiple yeah. dungeons. Um, and it generates, but then also the music changes, and you gotta bounce to the rhythm and attack with the rhythm. Uh, but they've done a whole bunch of uh, what you call it collaborations, uh, collaborations with multiple mm-hmm. games. You know, with their soundtracks mm-hmm. integrated, and now they have Rift of the Necro, uh, Rift of the Necro Dancer, which is basically another rhythm game, but more of like a Scott Pilgrim kind of style. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so that one seems like it's it's gonna be pretty good as well. So I don't know. It was it was interesting seeing all the stuff that they have. Um, I feel like. This indie world that they did was very well presented, and there's a lot of gameplay that a lot of people can look forward to. And I feel like it also gets people hyped for these games that usually don't have the don't influence the in this in this market. Yeah, I think I think that's that's like why it was worth uh, talking about and sharing is is that that aspect, that big aspect, because like they don't. I mean, yeah, you have social media and everything, and those are you know we kind of consider those like free platforms and free marketing, but like. They don't hold water to something like this, where where Nintendo is, um, you know, self marketing it and giving it that, dare I say, grand stage. Mm. But it's definitely a moment for them, right? So, so yeah, I think I think it's fantastic. Uh, hopefully, it's not a one off. Um, I, I based on what you were talking about, I was actually kind of hoping it would have been more like like um, first time projects rather than stuff that's has somewhat of a history. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's still were some, like, like I, I kind of envisioned, like, okay, which of these could be, like, the next Among Us or something like that, you know? like. Well, there there is games that are coming up that have never been made before, but, like, because they, you know, they're 
you know, indie, they're very small, and they're also making their first game. You can only build so much anticipation based on the gameplay, but you don't know if it's good or not. Like, with um, Quilts, Cats and Calicos, or Cats and Calico, whatever, that one is, like, an original concept, but how well is that going to do? It's like, maybe that could be huge, like, Animal Crossing or Pikmin, or it could fall off. <laughs> I mean, but, but don't you think that those same sentiments that you just said were probably said whenever the first <clears throat> time something like Among Us debuted? Or the first time, uh, like, what's another? What's the one they called that? That vampire one, um, like Vampire Survival. Yeah, that one. Like, like, don't you think those things were being said then too? It's like uh, it looks crafty and looks interesting, but will it really? Well, be, uh, like I know? said, they they can go fifty fifty. I'm not dissing yeah. it. I'm not you know hyping yeah. it up. I, I'm saying the re- so what what I am saying is that this indie world. The reason why I'm actually really excited for it is that it seems like Nintendo actually looked at a lot of studios and picked out the ones that are the most promising versus more just shovelware. And to me, that that is a great thing because they're actually highlighting developers that really do care about making games instead of just making money. Like, even though the Quilts and, and Cats of Calico doesn't seem like it's a game for me, it seems like mm-hmm. they're really trying to build a game for, you know, niche audience. Some Yeah, for, for some community, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. And the same thing with Rift and Necrodancer. Um, they've only made one game called Crypt of the Necrodancer, and that was basically like a dungeon crawler or whatever. This one is a lot different than that game. So it seems like they're also branching out with a different genre, but still using the same name. So they're experimenting. This is going to be the second game, and it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Like I said, it's, it's got like a Scott Pilgrim kind of vibe with the rhythm. Um, there's a couple other ones, but like it, it just shows that these indie games look like they have um, the potential to be good. Like they, they have quality behind them, I should say. Yeah, like Oxenfree, I'm pretty sure that one's probably gonna get like the stray treatment for this year. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah, I have to check it out. I, like when I saw it, I I didn't know it was like I guess that day when I saw it because I thought it was something that was like on the horizon. Uh, well, it even it your, your post actually says 419, so I thought you're like, yo, we should watch this. <laughs> no, I I totally miss it for like. Just so you know, it's like sometimes when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like I'm like on a little miniature break from work, so I'm just kind of like, like oh, screen capture, like I I don't drill through this shit, um, which is my fault, <laughs> but uh, but that that's kind of where they're coming from. But that's cool. I'll I'll definitely check it out uh, after the pod, which doesn't make a lot of sense because we're talking about it here on the pod, but um, but no, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, like I said, I'm glad that they're getting. The opportunity, really, is what it's all about. Yeah, dude, there's so many games. Like, I know we talked about this before, but there's a lot of games that have shocked me recently. Like, there's, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the franchise Dead Island, but, um, heard of it, yeah. So, recently, Dead Island 2 just came out, and I was really concerned about it. But seeing all the gameplay, seeing the improvements, I'm like, people really do care about the games, and it's good to see that they're changing the narrative of these big studios or not just big studios but these studios are just shoveling up stuff just for money but the the, the games that have been released show that they're not doing that mm-hmm. they actually care unless if you're yeah. all due to your activision <laughs> yeah no 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 i i think um i think that's always going to exist right i think the the fear with those that do care is you know if they do become extremely popular and they catch fire will they go down that dark alley, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think that's what it, what, what the issues are. But but it really is hard. I think for a smaller indie, like a real small indie company, uh, to get so large to like an actor like it's i don't really see that possible uh, you know ever happening so like i think it's just good that that to your point there there are those small companies that they they want to make quality um products and um i think it also comes down to just ethics because like there are small companies like you know, we use the example among us that you know just blew mm-hmm. up and stayed massive because their commitment to the game. They were small, like what I think a studio of four. Now they're like mm-hmm. a studio of like thirty, and they're still producing updates for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm I'm pretty sure you heard of Steam. Like you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they started off as just a company. You know, obviously Gabe Noel, the memes, all that stuff. And even though they obviously still make a buttload of money, you could tell that whenever they produce a game. They have to be they're whenever they release a game they're always confident that it's going to do well because of how much effort they put into it like you know like csgo just got a new update um it look they updated the gen they updated the combat experience they updated the smoke the physics of everything um same thing with like league of legends even though that game has been around for a while it was kind of like an independent game for a while for in the beginning then it blew up and instead of like littering it with all these microtransactions they kind of kept it pure which is the champions and the gameplay and that's what's kept it going mm-hmm. so even if like they were small in the beginning and they still blew up this i I think some companies still maintain their work ethic of being quality first money second yeah. and you, you could tell by the people that are still being well, praised to this day well, I can't speak for the the ones that Steam, but like I think where Among Us did or has done a pretty damn good job is they can maintain the period of game, like you said, without the transactions. But where they're making their money back is through collaborations and 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 through those marketing campaigns. Like that's where that I I think that's where I mean it's not always going to be where the big bucks are, but but you could make substantial money that way. Yeah, see, Among Us is, to me, the best anomaly of a passion project made massive. Because, like, even the game now, even as massive and popular as it is, it's still only $3. Yeah. And there's no microtransactions. You can unlock it through just playing, and they still make their money somehow. And like you said, the collaborations work, because I think they have one with Destiny. They they probably mm-hmm. had one with Halo and some other stuff, Jeff Keighley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, they did one with... Um... Uh, what was it called? Fall Guys. They probably did the form of Fall I think, Guys. I think so. But I mean, the fact that like the fact that their prices are so bare minimum and they're still making profit. Well, I'm not sure how big of a profit, but they're still making money. Yeah. Kind of shows how greedy some of these other companies really are, like Activision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. Keep saying like it is what it is, but I mean, you know, they're they're the motherships, so. You know, as long as they got people like us, well, not me in that game, but, you know, people ponying up the monies, you know, it's 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 not going to stop. So I, I will say that I think Activision is about to meet a reckoning very, very soon because I've been preaching for a long time, probably since like 2018, how bad the microtrans- microtransaction has gotten in Call of Duty, but it's gotten so bad where they released Warzone 1 skins and Warzone 2, and they're reselling it for the same price. So it's like, why did you take away the skins people already bought and reselling them to them again for the same thing they're, when there's no difference? They're, they're trying the Nintendo method. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just like, dude, that's like the scummiest thing. It's like they're not cheap either. Like, it, it's not like they separate these packs. They're all twenty four dollars each, and they're basically selling you what you already had, but they took it away because updated engine. Even though that people are complaining that the engine really wasn't updated anyways. And it's like, come on, we can tell you're purposely milking everybody as much as they can. And people actually, yeah. and now people are actually starting to talk about it. Now I'm like, I guess we're finally hitting a breaking point where people are tired of being used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is scummy as shit. Like that is, uh, yeah. But hopefully they learn a lesson and they start and they stop. I mean, that that's the only way you're going to get progress is stop giving them your money. Yeah, right. you can still play. You can still play the game, but just keep it vanilla. Like I've I've bought since 2019. I've only bought their games on discount, and I've never bought a single microtransaction. Actually, that's not true. I haven't bought a single microtransaction since like 2014 because I don't support that stuff. I, I'm more of like if it's there, like you know, like a, a camel pack for two dollars, whatever, I'll buy that. But when you purposely bundle everything else that you don't want with it just to spike the price. Like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I feel like we've probably talked about this, but do you consider a season pass a microtransaction? Yes, 100%. Okay. It's the worst microtransaction of all time. Wait, hold on. A season pass or a battle pass? Uh, are they different? So, some season passes include actual content plus the battle pass. Uh, like a battle pass is just items that you play in you're right, cosmetics, you're right. and season yeah. pass could be just um, like a content drops. Like you get like a new mission, new map, new mode, whatever. Yeah, uh, I meant uh, battle pass. Battle passes to me are the biggest scam in gaming because you're paying ten or so amount of money, um, and when you're paying for it, you not only have to play to unlock it, but if you don't play to unlock it, you lose that money. So it's like, what's the point of paying for it? It's like, if you, it's like, just finish the battle pass, and then once you're at 100, then pay for it because then you've unlocked it. But if you pay for it right away, you still gotta play that time to unlock it. It's like, like, where's your money going? You pay for nothing. Exactly. All right, cool. Just wanted to clarify that. (laughs) Yeah, no, battle passes, in my opinion, are the biggest scam in gaming. Like, you could probably get away with it when it's like a free game, but when it's a paid game and a paid battle pass. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're doubling down and just straight just scumminess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um. So outside of indie world, uh, so this was strictly Nintendo. I think you had mentioned Microsoft does it right as well. So if if we're talking about you know other companies highlighting indie developers. Microsoft uh-huh. did do it at one point, but they haven't uh-huh. done it in like maybe two or three years, which okay. I'm kind of disappointed about. Obviously, uh-huh. they might have like a spotlight tab on their system. Yeah. But nobody really checks it out. Not like a showcase. It. Yeah. I wonder which, I wonder if maybe they'll follow suit and same with like Sony, because once again, I don't, I don't think Sony does it either, but. Uh, I think Sony did it at one that. point. Um, I, I know on the PS Vita, and I'm going to go back to the PS Vita. The PS Vita was probably one of the best systems for indie developers because people can just code, do basic coding for the system, release it, see how it does, and the the market will kind of tell them how their stats are doing. And mm-hmm. even after the PS Vita shut down, it, the market, or sorry, the PS Store is still stayed up, so developers can still put it on the store and for like a very cheap discounted price, so people can still play their games and get feedback from that. 
mm-hmm. don't know why Sony hasn't like doubled down and used that feature to go onto like PS4, PS5, or whatever. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people still play with PS Vita because of how many good indie games that were on that system. That's where probably one of your best uh, JRPG series have come from. Like I think Gravity Rush was also probably inspired because of some of these indie developers that came out on the PS Vita. Because I know Gravity Rush was originally a PS Vita game that got ported over to the PS4. Interesting. Yeah, so I guess with that, like, it'll be interesting to see if, like, these other um, big wigs uh, follow suit. Um, because a lot of these games are multi-platform anyway. Not all of them, but most of them. I mean, you did mention that one that's not coming to Xbox, but, like, <laughs> um, but generally speaking, a lot of them are, like, on everything. Mm-hmm. So, but it'd be good to have not just Nintendo be the one shining the spotlight, but kind of everybody give them a little crack at it. Yeah. I, I hope they if, they, if they do give it a crack, they actually highlight the way Nintendo does, where it's not they're mixing their own properties with the indie stuff. They actually, like, spotlight these indie developers only. Yeah, just Like a them. small segment, like 20 minutes or whatever, and you mm-hmm. highlight the best of these indie developers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shit, I would like to see one even if it's not best. Like, like just... It doesn't have to be extravagant, like, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe the resources don't uh, aren't worth it to them, but, like, even if it was, like, once a, once a quarter, right, once a season, it's like, here's new. And, like, I mean, just like the regular directs, like, there's games that get, like, a four-second spotlight. <laughs> but, like, a four-second spotlight for a company with, like, seven people is fucking humongous. Well, I'm, so when I say that, I'm not talking about the the size of them. So the thing, the problem with indie developers... Well, I, I was just using it as an example. So the problem with the indie developer world is that there's a lot of people that pump out shovelware where they're just trying to get money for quick trophies, achievements, whatever. And I think that's why, you know, this indie world is like the best example of them, you know, sifting through that rubble to find the actual, you know, company. The, the, ones, small that have, the ones that have a larger growth. Yeah, or the potential that they show that they actually try to make something good, and and that's it's why. Like, hey, look, this is a trial run. If you guys do good, maybe we'll hire you at Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't want to see like a showcase of them showing any developers that are just basically shovelware. That'd be that'd ruin everything. I actually want to see any developers that are actually trying to build a game. Mm. I don't like, care if it's don't... two people or whatever. As long uh-huh. as they, you know, they you can actually see the passion in their work. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. Like, I forgot the name of the game that I downloaded. Uh, and I don't know how many people it took to make it or whatever, but uh, I think it was some, like, 10-second run or something. I don't know if I showed it to you at all when, whenever you came over. But all it is, it's it's a stick figure. You run it through a level, but every level's 10 seconds. Like, you just hit it. And, and, of course, there's, like, you know, stuff you have to avoid and not get hit because one hit and you're dead. And this is, like, this... I don't want to say stupid, but it's like the simplest concept, but it was still addicting. Like, I don't know. Well, and, it, and good. No, no, no. And it was just like, like, I don't even know how I found it. I think I was just, I think it was like when the switch was still like fresh, uh, or fresh ish. And, and that's when they started getting like all these little random indie games. And I was just like, uh, I guess kind of like borderline bored or whatever. And I was just going through every game, like one at a time watching the trailer and then i finally caught it and i'm like oh like you said three bucks like 
let me try this out. It seems simple, easy, fast, you know. And there's like like 200 levels. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And it, like I said, it's just simple, stupid. I don't know how many people it took to make it, but I was like, that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of funny that you say because, like, you know, I was saying earlier how Xbox has a tab. Like, indie developers sometimes they do like spotlights or uh, sorry, uh, like extreme discounts, and same, mm-hmm. PlayStation does the same. Sometimes mm-hmm. I purposely browse those tabs to like look at to see what's actually good. Like that's mm-hmm. how I found the Hong Kong Massacre, which I think is by a studio of like seven people. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great top-down, you know, tactical like shooter game like Hotline Miami. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much also kind of inspired John Wick at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, then also that game I showed recently, the one I got the physical edition for, Lumote. Um, it's a very colorful platform puzzle game. Uh, originally on digital, I think it was like two dollars. But I was like, I played it, I liked it, I'm like, I gotta get the physical, I'm, I don't care if it's $20, I'll still buy it. Unfortunately, it came damaged because, you know, mm. they only produced oh, it from that Amazon. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. I was like, the game was, even though it was like $2 digitally, I was like, I, I liked the gameplay. It was very simple, it was like maybe like an 8-hour game. But I'm like, it was colorful, it was beautiful, the pulses were fun. It was, it was just a, how do you say it, one of those games where you can turn your mind off and just play through and have fun. And I was like, I gotta support this game. That you can actually see where they tried. Yeah. Was um? Did you buy a physical copy of Stray? No, I don't think there is a physical uh, no, copy. No, if there, there is, it's probably no, through, like, one was. of those limited runs or whatever. Yeah, it was. I, 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 I snoozed. Like I was on the fence, and I was like, kind of eyeing it. And I was like, well, it's not sold out. It's not sold out. It's not sold out. And finally, I'm like, I'm gonna buy it. Sold out. Like, Son of a bitch. If it ever comes back I into, I only have my blame. I only have myself to blame. No, I don't think. I don't think they'll, they'll ever come back because that means it's called limited run for a reason. Yeah, which sucks. Um, <laughs> and I think it was a, it was a steelbook one too. Yeah, if, if let's say let's say hypothetically, if one mm-hmm. ever pops up for a reasonable price, I'd pick it up because I enjoy Street. I actually have a double platinum for it for PS4 and PS5. Yeah, I still haven't played it, but uh, but you know when we when we talked about it, you know what is a video game award time. Um, yeah, it got it got it got positive reviews, and it seems like it's a chill, mellow game, right? I don't want to be harsh on the game. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the concept of it was interesting, but it should never have been that high up in the game awards. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. Like I said, I'm not. I don't want to take away from the developers. They did a great job of the game, but they got a, more recognition than they deserved. I I, I think honestly, the, the the dare I say it this way, only reason is. It, it was because it was a cat. Like if you if it was like if it was a robot cat, it wouldn't have been that popular. Because it was a real cat, I think that's why it was popular. I think it was just because it is considered PlayStation's one of the first few actual first party indie games. Because they partnered oh. with that, like PlayStation was hyping them up for a while. Like. Oh, that no, was no, one of their I, spotlights, day one, day and day, yes, PS Plus. for PS5, yeah. yeah. I, I do remember it, and that's why, I, like, the moment I saw it, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to play it. I still haven't played it, but, like, but, you know, I remember seeing it, I was like, what? I get to be a cat? And it's, like, a post-apocalyptic world? Like, that looked awesome. Like I said, no, I'm not taking away from it. I knew nothing about it. I'm not trying to take away from it, but um, I think the reason why I got all the hype it did was because PlayStation was behind it. Like, like there was another game, oh, man, I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to. Um, I, I rarely do Google on on the stream, but um, there was another game. I don't know if it was like that same spotlight, but uh, I think it was called Little. Yep, Little Devil Inside. I don't even know if it's ever gonna come out anymore. And and that game, 
Yeah, see, October 2021, state of play. Um, platforms, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, blah, 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 but I don't think it's ever came out on anything. I don't know if you've ever seen this game. But, I've heard uh, of it. I, I, I probably have. I just, for some reason, I'm drawing blanks on it. Uh, like, their website almost, too, is like, uh, dare I say non-existent, but... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this game. I don't even know if it's ever going to come out. And I remember seeing it in one of the trailers, and I'm like, okay, that caught my attention. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, there's still, well, the trailer. Let's see, how old is this trailer? Sorry if it gets uh, loud here. It actually says pre-alpha gameplay. How do I... Uh... See this trailer eight years ago. Jeez, crazy, crazy. Wait, this game hasn't come out yet. No, interesting. Yeah, I remember seeing. It. I'm like, that looks amazing. Well, it's it's kind of funny that you showed this because there's another game recently. I I can't remember the name of it. It's something with a T. I think it's called Taco or something like that. That has like the same kind of look and feel of this game uh, that just recently came out for PlayStation Plus, and it was like one of their promoted lineups. That was an indie developer that was promoted by PlayStation, and it mm. kind of has that same look and feel of the game. I'm just trying to remember. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to say it was not not the most recent state of play because I was mostly driven with FF16, but there was something I watched. Maybe it was the. Maybe it was during the the movie awards they did a package, but there there was another game that caught my eyes, and uh, I think it, it was also a little bit similar to this. Um, but uh, oh, there's one from two years ago. But uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I remember I had my eyes on this one too, and all I had was a little small sample size, much like Stray, and um, fortunately this one just hasn't come out. Yeah, it's kind of funny whenever you get like an indie game that either goes through development hell or it has a concept that's a little too hard hitting. Because I'm not sure if you heard of this game called Martha's Dead. Um, I sound a little familiar. But it's basically kind of like a, uh, I don't know if you want to say like a, you know, like a play video game where it's like, you know, it shows like, you know, uh, cardboard cutouts and also turns to like claymation, whatever. Mm. And it goes through this story. Of this girl going through, uh, I don't know if it was like, you know, during World War II and going a little further, but basically her father-in-law was abusing her, raped her and all this stuff. And they actually show scenes like that in the game. Um, and then eventually she gets killed by, I think, her mother or stepmother or whatever. Then she gets drowned and then she comes back. And then when she comes back, she finds other little girls that are just like her and takes them away so they don't have to feel that pain anymore. Mm. Damn, that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And the funny thing is because it like showed a lot of like very deep subjects, it actually got censored on PlayStation because people are saying it's a little too graphic. Like mm. it, like it's a little too um how you say it, expressing on certain like abusive traits. Mm-hmm. But I'm like mm-hmm. as much as yeah, you it's hard to see. Sometimes you need that to tell a story. Like they're they're trying to say that because of this this girl was basically killed because of this abuse and because of that abuse her spirit was so hurt that she would come find other girls that were just like her to 
I well, she killed them because of you know she, that was her mercy, but to like relieve them of that same pain. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's interesting that if you think about it, like we don't have more games like that in the world. Like, you know, we talk about media, right, all the time, all different medias. I mean, you know, it's obvious movies, TV shows have that. But video games definitely stray away from that. Well, it's because they get censored really heavily. Yeah. Because, like, whenever there's like, a concept that but, but, is like that, they... they but, get... like, but, you, but you look at something that, like, Grand Theft Auto, for example, where it's supposed to be mature rating. And we all know this doesn't get policed as it's supposed to, but, you know... If you weren't a certain age, you weren't able to walk out of GameStop with that game, right? So, like, with that said, like, you, you would think that there would be, like, mature, mature content games. But, uh, I don't know. I don't think gaming really needs it. I'm just saying it definitely doesn't. It's, it's been super successful since the beginning of time without it. I'm well, just simply saying I'm shocked there isn't a larger library of said type of games, if that so makes sense. This is the weird part, though, is that there are very adult-like games, but they're not with hard-hitting concepts. There's a lot yeah, of... Yeah, like sexual... Animal Crossing. No, there's like... So there's an actual rating called A, A for adult, and it mm. usually has a lot of sex in it. Mm. Yeah, somehow yeah. that gets through, and that doesn't get censored, but a game that, like Martha's Dead... It's heavily censored because talking about a topic that happened to a, probably a real person during a certain time frame, but because you know it's too realistic, they had to stop it. But I'm like, the sex part's good, but that part's not. I'm like, yeah, why are you censoring that? So, is it? Do you think if that was just simply rated A, it would be okay? No, because there's been no? there's oh, another okay. game uh, called Hatred that actually got an A plus rating because of how violent it was. But even with its A rating, it still got censored. And it actually got mm. banned on a lot of platforms. Wow. Interesting. And it was okay. just because of the violence, because it was like, I, I, I could be wrong about the description of it, but I believe it was like this guy, what kind of looks like The Undertaker. He, um, I think his like wife or something like that died, and he's also like a, like a, a hardcore religious person. And because of his rage, he goes around just massacring innocent people all over the place. Crazy, but yeah, it's just it's just weird how censorship works for one part and not the others. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. But um, like you mentioned, unfortunately, this was uh, our only topic. Um, but beyond that, is there anything else? Uh, I mean, we could even just stray away from this topic and just pull one out of our ass. But like, is there anything just... else you want to talk about? So on on this, not really. I'm just really looking forward to what's going to come out. Like I said, even though I'm going to go back to Quilts and Cal- Cats of Calico, <laughs> as much as it looks stupid, I kind of want to play it just for the weird like gameplay factor. Um, but no, I, I think it's really cool that they're doing this. I'd love to see more spots like of this of you know, passion projects, and hopefully the that's the way the uh, industry goes moving forward. But if there's something you want to talk about, feel free, because the only thing I can think of is I want to play more Zelda, um, <laughs> got more stuff to do. I'm just I'm also happy that we, we finally figured out the whole uh, Spotify issue. Yeah, no, that's that's good to, to kind of now have the entire library back on Spotify. So 
um, go go and check that out, people. First and foremost, with, depending on what else here, we might just pull out of our you know what butts and uh, continue talking about. Um, no, I just feel like um, you know it was overall like it really was, in, in my opinion, uh, a slow um, news week. I guess um, like even just small things like. Like, usually there's small things to bring up, and I just felt like it was not necessarily a dead week, but I'm trying to, like, go through my thing now and see if I could just, like, whip something up really quick, but... So, while um, you're looking, I'll, I'll I'll talk a little bit to fill this time. So, this yeah. week, I haven't been on the internet too much because there's just there's been just so much stuff happening in real world in mm-hmm. uh, my area. But um, I need to get back onto, like... Like, I, I look on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff, even though I follow a whole bunch of, like, gaming studios and gaming news for some reason... Mm-hmm. It's not being recommended in my feed anymore. So I'm mm. going to have to probably look at actual, like, game publisher. Or when I say game publisher, I'm like journalist. Because mm-hmm. it seems like that's how you get the news nowadays. Or if you go to Reddit. Because I know recently, I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but uh, our friends at Pixel Street, um, John, actually, you know, he, he's slowly recovering. He, I believe he just made a new um, a website called The Game Sandwich. I believe that's what it's called. If oh, not, really go sorry. check it out. Um, but it, it, it seems like him and a couple other people from GamePro that were released are making their own site, which I think is great. Uh, so I want to check them out to look for more topics because obviously there are other gamers as well that are very passionate about gaming. And, you know, maybe that's what the topics I need to look for is look at these journalists and see what they're saying. Yeah. Uh I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't. I, 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 like, I did a quick scroll and see other crap that I liked, and and there wasn't really much. The only thing, like, I guess, uh, things that I would like to watch, if I if I want to bring that up, because um, I still have not begun to watch the new uh, Dave season, Little Dicky. So I, I need to get on that. I need to get on his dick. No, <laughs> but uh, um. I think uh, what is it? Hulu Plus, I think, is where I could go watch it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might, I might do that this weekend. Do a little, little Dave Bird binge, and uh, you know, hopefully laugh out loud. I think I've already, I think probably half the season's done already. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I got, I got. Unfortunately, I got nothing, man. Kind of sucks. When it comes to like media to consume, like watching media, not like gaming media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go through, like, all these, like, weird phases where it's, like, there's always something to watch. Like, recently on Netflix, they have a show called Beef. That was great. It's with Stephen Young, and I forgot what her name is. She's a, uh, a comedian as well. But that's a great show. It's by A24. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just rewatch Cocaine Bear again because it's also on Peacock. Oh, again? I didn't even watch it one time. So if you have you Peacock. Like no. I, I, so I like it. I think people are hyping it up. To be more than what it is, it's it's one of those okay. movies where you watch once, it's a fun laugh, and then you move on. Okay, but gotcha. I think the reason why That's it's fine. so hyped is because it's also Ray Liotta's last movie. Oh, because he passed away. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I mean, I I mean, I know he passed away. I didn't know he was. I don't know why. I just didn't recognize seeing him in a trailer. Yeah, he looks different know. because he he looks a little younger. He's got longer hair. He's the uh, well, the guy that's going for the cocaine. He's the boss. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But I okay. watched that again. Um, Disney obviously still has me. As much as I dislike the company, they still have me hooked with mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like, um, The Mandalorian Season 3 just ended. Mm-hmm. Love that. I know I, I know you're not into Star Wars, and I won't go on too far, but 
I've been seeing a lot of mixed reviews about the Mandalorian season three, and mm-hmm. the, the the hate that I'm seeing makes me realize that there's not a lot of Star Wars fans because <laughs> like mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, the name is about the race of the Mandalorians, but for some reason. People are like, oh, the Mandalorian is about Din Djarin, which is like the kind of guy you've been following for like the whole season, him and Grogu. Mm-hmm. But it's really about the the rising again of the Mandalorians taking back their home world, kind of surviving after the whole massacre from the Empire and all that stuff. And seeing how season three doesn't really just focus on Din anymore, it focuses on the whole actual like race of Mandalorian. It's kind of weird seeing the hate because I'm like, this is what real Star Wars is. They're actually focusing on the real characters that we should be focusing on, the race, which is the Mandalorians. Interesting. So, so basically what you're saying is they're, they're, that nerd base isn't that educated. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's weird because like, the people that actually do care about Star Wars, they're giving this season the highest ratings that any of the three seasons have gotten so far. But the casual of your base... They're giving it mm-hmm. the lowest because they don't understand what the Mandalorian really is about. It's <laughs> crazy. Like I know. Uh, oh, so another uh, another thing. I, I, I think I, I think I saw. I need to go back on YouTube. Maybe you can answer this. Uh, I thought I saw another, not another, but a trailer for a new season of True Detective. I did not see that, but that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check because I thought I saw that. Like, like you know. I don't know, whatever featured or what you may be interested in type thing. And I'm like, oh, like, ooh, I love me some True Detective. Um, so there's that. And then um, um, I know um, House of the Dragon is starting to film again. Um, what else I think was starting to film? I thought I thought I read something else was starting to film, but I can't remember now. That's probably a lot of things set to film. But yeah, so I know I've mentioned before that A twenty four is my current favorite studio. They've been just rocking it the last three years. But there's a um, movie that's coming out very soon. I think it's called Bow is Afraid or whatever. It's with Walking Phoenix, and it's another movie from A twenty four Studios. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, look for a trailer. It looks like it's going to be a mental mess that's going to take you through a wild ride. I know I saw an article about it, uh, but I haven't seen a trailer, so I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for it like if you've ever um, seen everything everywhere all at once it seems like it's going to take you down that same trip of just mental like craziness like it seems like i i don't know who what this guy is i think his name is bob b-e-a-u whatever something like that um and it seems like he might have a mental issue because he starts transforming to like another world while also mm-hmm. having a whole bunch of chaotic things happen around him so it, it it's just it's an interesting concept it looks great and i can't wait to see that is that a theater theatrical release or is it a streaming service release? Oh man, I actually didn't even look to see what it was. Okay. All I seen was a trailer, and I'm just like, all right, that looks cool. <laughs> about, uh, do you you said you had um, was it Apple Plus? Yes, I have, I have. I do. I have all the streaming platforms. So, so do, did you watch that Tetris movie yet? Yes, it's fantastic. Is it? Yeah, because I'm hearing a lot of good things about that one too. What's his name? Taron Egerton is that the guy? The guy that plays in the Kingsman? Uh, Kingsman? Dude, that guy is quickly becoming like one of my favorite actors, man. Like he plays he he does a fantastic job as the guy uh well, I don't want to spoil, it, but yeah. he, he does a good job at, you know, portraying the history of Tetris and, you know, the you know, the relationship between Tetris and Russia and Russia with mm-hmm. Nintendo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it it's if you like video games and you like the history of video games, it's a must watch film. It's great. Yeah, no, it it the, the trailer just looked fantastic. 
Um, so that would probably be on my watch list if, if I, I don't I don't pay for any streaming services. I guess it's on a watch list, but I don't know when I'm gonna actually get to watch it. <laughs> it's funny because I don't really pay for a lot of my streaming services. A lot of times, I usually get deals with other services. I have like I have AT and T, yeah. and because of that, I have HBO. And because I have an iPhone and I have certain things with I- Apple, I also get Apple TV. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's uh, that's probably how I'm going to take advantage of Hulu Plus right now because I, uh, um, I bought tickets to something. And they're like, yeah, free month. I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm going to be um, honest. I thought you said I have autistics. <laughs> oh. I was like, what? what? What does autism have to do with this? Like, like, why okay. am I learning this on the 33rd episode of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but um but no yeah no i i, I get you i but but i was gonna ask this like because i never really pay attention like all these um movies that are exclusive to a, a particular streaming service do they ever convert and release it on a physical dvd yeah most of them or do. does it depends oh, most of them do okay I, I didn't i never really paid attention well like if you look at hbo for example like anything that's oh. exclusive to them like you know, House of Dragons, Game of Thrones, whatever. The, you, well, this, well, I know there's the a show. Because they're, like, history always, like, that was always a history. I, I guess my question is more in reference to, like, the Netflixes and the Apple TVs and the Paramounts of the world. So, I can't speak for Netflix. I think they're one of the few people that don't do it. Because okay. even Stranger Things, I don't think there's, like, an actual physical box. Okay. But I okay. know for, like, HBO, they have movies that exclusively stream on HBO and then later on after like three months, whatever, then it comes to physical media. Um, Peacock does the same thing, but those are, they've already established themselves as like a publishing suite. Like Comcast is Peacock, HBO is Warner brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, Paramount plus obviously, you know, these guys. So so usually if like those companies, whenever they have Mm -hmm. exclusives, they do get physical media at some point. Okay. Interesting. So I think it would be cool for that Tetris movie to come out and it comes with a game of Tetris. See, that one, I don't know if that will... Apple, I don't know if that will get a physical release because I don't think... I think they're like Netflix. I don't think any of their stuff has become physical. Or like Amazon. Like like that Lord of Rings, right? Like, you know, that'd be interesting if it'd be converted to physical. I don't think it will because we're getting sued right just... now. Oh, are they really? So apparently, they actually... Is the horse? No, well, no. <laughs> so apparently, the story that they got was a half part of to- Tolkien's actual story, but because they only have a half, they filled in the rest from a fan-made story, and they basically plagiarized someone else. Wow, it's fucking idiots. <laughs> so right now there is currently a, a lawsuit case. I don't know if the guy's going to win. I don't know if he's going to lose. I mean, he's going against Amazon, which has a lot of money, so yeah. who knows at this point. But uh, there's a lot of accusations of plagiarism for um, Rings of Power. Interesting. Did not know that. <laughs> That's funny. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. Would not surprise me. <laughs> not at all. Um, okay, I mean, other than that, yeah, unfortunately, I, I have excuse me, nothing really else. Um, maybe next week will be better. Uh, and yeah. Apologies for the for being light on topics, like like we say every single episode. If you have any opinions, please share. We would love to hear what kind of subjects we're missing. We'd love to broaden our view and horizons. And of course, I'll be more active. I now that things are finally getting more organized, I can start going back to gaming websites and starting to look at actual topics instead of just browsing classic social media to see 
what's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, classic. I mean, I guess one thing we could have went down the 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 rabbit hole is about the the, the Twitter blue check mark going away. But yeah, you know, I just I just thought about that because it really kind of happened today. I, I mean, if you um, want to touch on it a little bit, dude. Uh, we can save for next week, maybe. Okay, because I am doing a one eighty on Elon Musk. I originally his concept was good, but I think he just he's going too far off the walls to the point where he's actually hurting Twitter. Yeah, well, I think it's a ticking time bomb, and it, which kind of sucks because it's the only one that I liked. Well, I, I, it's, it's still going to be there. I think he's, I, I think because of his failures with SpaceX, he's kind of taking it over to Twitter. Usually, Elon has that bad reputation of if one company does bad, he kind of takes that negativity to another company as well. And I think he needs to learn how to space that. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 uh, keep an eye on it. I mean, it was fresh today. It, it just dawned on me right now here at the end. But uh, but yeah, no. Um, all in all, um, like Josh said, please um, leave us a like, share, comment, subscribe, million dollar checks, give it all to us, <laughs> and uh, and we'll and we'll keep being here. No, but all all that we really appreciate any and all the. Um, I love you, share us. And uh, until next week. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. I just kind of like, uh, I was watching, you know, I'm like, he's slowly fading. We'll see how this plays out. But yes. No, until, until next week, uh, I am at The Real Shiesty, my good friend at Joshua Cass. We love y'all. And peace. <laughs>